This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, who knows that when someone asks you if you want that person to murder another person, you say no. Ryan Nelson. Justin, I think something's wrong with me. It took Lauren Malvo to scare children for me to finally say that's enough he's gone too far everything else i was like yeah that's fine the fargo mob deserved to die when he was scared of those poor kids with that story about everyone died in the house i was like you've gone too far you've gone too far you have gone too far uh if you've been listening to podcasts since we started the podcast last year thank you for continuing to listen and making us part of your day if you're new to the show we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the first season of fargo on fx and hulu if you are new or irregular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, $10, or $20 level and when you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you want ad-free access to the podcast, you can go to Patreon and become a supporter and you do get the show ad-free. does not matter which uh, which level you support us at. All four levels do get the show ad-free. There are other benefits as well. Uh, for example, like bonus content, bonus shows. You can get those if you are on the Patreon app. If you can't be a patron, though, we would love for you to help us uh, by simply going to Spotify or going to Apple Podcasts and giving us a five-star rating. If you listen on another platform and they allow you to rate your uh, the shows you listen to on those platforms, rate us there, too. That would help us out a lot. Uh, but Spotify and Apple Podcasts are obviously the two big ones. So if you are on either of those, uh, give us a five-star rating. It would help us get the podcast in the ears of new listeners. It would also help us get on to Rotten Tomatoes if we can ever get up to 200, uh, especially on Apple. Uh, we would, so we really appreciate it. And also, if you're on Apple, if you want to write us a review, we'd appreciate that, too. Uh, we'd, we will read your review on air if you would not be opposed to that. And if you want to interact with us, we'd love for you to do that as well. You can send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. Any thoughts, any questions you might have, or anything that you would like to add, we would love to hear those. So just send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. All right, so... Uh, Fargo, season one. This came out in 2014, so if you're wondering why we are covering this, uh, it's... Content starting to slow down, guys. Uh, it's it's yeah. it's getting kind of getting kind of grim. Uh, but Nathan, one of our uh, Nate, one of our our uh, patrons, because uh, we've been asking for suggestions for a while. And patron, uh, our patron Nate said, uh, "Hey, if you want to cover something, uh, the fifth season of Fargo is coming out in the middle of November. You could cover the first four seasons as a lead up to it." Uh, and I said, "You know, I'll, I haven't watched any of them. It's one I've always wanted to watch, so I'll give it a shot." see how much i can cover how much i can get how much ground i can cover and i ended up watching part of this is because my wife has been ill uh she's had some health issues she's on the road to recovery she's she's getting better but i had to miss some work because of it and uh so i had a little bit of extra time so i was able to watch this entire first season in about the span of about three or four days and it's just great. It's like I said, I'm just going to kind of tip my hand a little bit here. Uh, but how did you watch? Did you watch it when it came out? What I watched, yeah, I watched this when this came out because okay. when I so let's talk and, and thank you, Nate, for you know mentioning this. I watched it when it came out. I had so much fun watching this again. I, I kind of remembered a lot of some of it, but right. there were a lot of it I had forgotten. So this was a huge moment 
for TV because movie stars were just starting to do TV. Yeah, again. they were. Because this was uh, House of Cards that happened the year before. Right. And then a few months before this, True Detective Season 1 comes out with Woody and Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. So them getting Billy Bob Thornton to do this was huge. And, and where, is, uh, where, was I, Mar- where is Martin Freeman at this point? I know he's done, I'm pretty sure he's at this done point. Sherlock, well, he's done The Office, he's done the, uh, he's done the Edgar Wright movies, and he should be in the middle of Sherlock. So he's a big get, too. And he's Kate also... Walsh, is he? And he did. Uh, he's he was done with the Hobbit films at this point, if I remember correctly as well. You know what? He's probably in the middle of it. Okay, I couldn't, I couldn't remember exactly when this came out, but you're, you're right. right. It's so probably around a, the middle. He is a huge get as well. Yeah. Kate Walsh is a huge get because she's in the middle of that Grey's Anatomy show. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, I just remember, like, when I first heard, "Hey, someone's doing uh, a Fargo." from the Coen brothers and they're not involved. I was like, God, no. <laughs> who, who would do that? And it's a guy that wrote on bones. I was like, Nope, absolutely <laughs> not. And then I saw Billy Bob Thornton was involved. I was like, okay. Cause, cause it was on FX. Right. And I was like, if there's Billy Bob Thornton on FX, I can listen to. And I remember watching this and was just blown away how good this was. I actually, I need to go back and watch the movie. I think I like this better than the movie. This first season is phenomenal. There are so many great actors that come in and out yeah. for mm-hmm. a couple of episodes, and then they go away. I had forgotten Jordan Peele and, and, and Mark, Michael, Michael, Michael King yeah. were in this. Yeah, like, they show up I, I, I totally. I knew Glenn Howerton was in, They show up in episode seven. Yeah. Because when uh, Oliver Platt and Glenn Howerton, who were fantastic, when they go away, uh, P- Key and Peel show up. Yeah, and then like Kate Walsh, who I just mentioned, she was so great in this. But I'm going to tell you, I I was blown away the first time I watched this, and I was blown away the second time. Allison Tolman as Deputy Molly Salverson is one of the best characters of all time. Yes, it is can. a phenomenal performance. I know this woman has been working since she should have blown up. I don't know why somebody hasn't written something similar to this for her. She is a phenomenal talent. Somebody's going to. She's early in her early 40s. She has it. I honestly don't know why Noah Hawley hasn't gone back to her character. Yeah, uh, she reminds me, and Alva, we've talked about her enough, and I can't remember her name all of a sudden. Uh, she was. She's the lady that's in uh, Yellow Jackets. She was in... Melanie Linsky. She reminds me a lot of Melanie Linsky. Yes, yes. And she's really, really good. And I wasn't familiar with Allison Tolman. You know what? And Melanie Linsky blew up around the same time, so they've probably been course correcting each other. They probably have. You're probably correct about that. So, but, but somebody's going to write something for her. Okay. Yeah. So, what did you think about her? Yeah, I thought she was great. Look, the, uh, this my experience coming to this. Like I said, I didn't. I haven't seen any of the seasons. There, there are four seasons out currently. I hadn't seen. I haven't seen the movie. I, I kind of know the premise of the movie, and this is like I said. This is not a. It's not related to the film. It's just kind of has a similar it has, premise. It has. It has one thing that's in the movie. What's that? So, Starvos Stavros 
the money he finds mm-hmm. steve buscemi's character in the movie that's he drops money there okay that's the only connection it has okay gotcha uh but like i said for the most part though it's like a similar premise like a, just yeah, a regular yeah, yeah. guy gets caught up in something way bigger than anything right. he expected and it just kind of spirals yeah. out of control and, and a female uh detective yeah because that francis mcdormand she won an, act, mm-hmm. an oscar for this for that movie if yeah. i'm not mistaken um but like I said, I hadn't seen the, the movie. I, I, it's one another again. It's a movie I want to see. I just never have gotten around to it because uh, there was no way my parents were going to let me watch it when it came out because it was it was well, I could, it actually it was late nineties. I could have gone and seen it. Yeah. Uh, I thought this it was set in the early nineties. I think that's the the difference. I think that's right. So I always get those two confused. Um, but anyway, I, I do eventually want to see it. I probably will go see it. It is a Coen Brothers movie, and it's kind of like the first mm-hmm. real big Coen Brothers movie, correct? Uh no, nah, because they had like Raising Arizona. Uh, this was one? the first okay. one that they won, and they had Big Lebowski was okay. right before. This okay. was the first one that probably won a lot of awards. Yeah, I, that sounds about right. I just can I'm not real familiar with all the Coen Brothers films. The later stuff I know real well. The earlier stuff I'm not real familiar with. I didn't realize they did Raising Arizona, but you learn something oh, yeah. new every day. So, uh, but yeah, Allison Tolman, she is fantastic in this. I thought she was great. Uh, I thought she did a fantastic job as Molly Salverson. Uh, she yeah. she plays. The part perfectly. I mean, just this over eager detective, and this, or, or I guess she's a detective, uh, a one who's a little bit out of her death because the the person who is the sheriff at the beginning, what was this guy who's who does the who's the Bird. sheriff? Which is another interesting. I think this pilot is phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. It makes it look like Vern is going to be the lead. Yeah, you think he's going to be the lead? Because like I'm sitting there as I was, when I was watching this, I had the IMDb page pulled up for the first episode. Let me go. Let me pull that back up real quick so I can get and, those. And I told you, uh, so Fargo came out uh, before Big Lebowski. So it was they did Blood Sipples, the first movie, Raising Arizona, Miller's Crossing, Barton Fink. Hudsucker probably than Fargo. Yeah. So, but the Fargo was like a huge movie. Yeah, it, it was. It like I said, it was. It got. It got nominated for Best Picture. It didn't win Best Picture. They won for the screenplay for it. Um. So, like I said, it was a huge movie. And then they yeah. decided. They decided to do this. This show that's based very, very loosely upon, or like just kind of similar. Like I said, it's not exactly the same. But uh, when Sean Doyle, who plays Vern Thurman in this. I saw that he was only in one episode. I was like, that doesn't make sense. This, this guy feels like he's the main the main mm-hmm. lead character. It's like, is this just a mistake on IMDb? And then obviously we, I discovered later on that he ends up getting shot and gets, ends up getting killed. I'm shocked you didn't because when a police officer is so excited about their child being born, <laughs> it is a dead giveaway something bad's going to happen. That's true. You, you, have a, you have a good point there. So I, I probably should have picked up on that. But, uh, uh, but it's just such a great premise and there are so many different arcs through this like i said molly salverson she seems completely out of her depth at first she's shadowing Vern, and you can tell Vern's like this world this girl's not ready for any of this because they come across well, that but, body but i think he he thought she had more talent than anyone yeah. else yeah i think i think that's the case too i think he thought that she was talented but she's not ready uh she's not oh, ready yeah, to be yeah. doing something like what they're getting ready to tackle mm-hmm. uh i think that was very much the case that she was still very much green and still needed still needed a lot of seasoning yeah. uh before she could tag on something like this uh but when he gets killed by billy bob thornton there at the end of the first episode 
you know, it's kind of, she's kind of left her, and she's the only one that seems to be competent enough to handle yes. this, but she's not in a position of power to really be able to do anything. And it's just an, a great dynamic, and you have so much mm-hmm. growth from all of these characters uh, throughout the course of the entire 10 episodes. And, you know, normally I'll say, you know, there's maybe an episode or two you could do without. I don't know that I can say that about this show. I agree, man. They they used every, all ten episodes, and they were just so much fun. And like like you said, there was so much going on. The only thing that you could somewhat Stavros's arc, I'm still not exactly sure what he did. He never came back up, right? What was the reason for his family? You know, his his son died the fish coming down right now this is something that's in every season there is like a almost like supernatural soft supernatural mystique to it and i think that's he was his part was involved with that so i think that's kind of where they're going with him and there's also you know those uh those tales that there are the uh parables that they like to read about like so i think his part had to do with that which i loved oliver platt was just fantastic and i'm always happy to see him as you know we've talked about him i feel like this is like the third thing we've covered these <laughs> minutes uh but like uh but I, he was the one arc that really didn't have an ending but like yeah. the rest of them really did and also you know we mentioned uh you were talking about the the sheriff who ends up taking over bob odenkirk fantastic okay. as just uh i was about to say jack uh something uh you know sheriff that would not listen to right. you know to molly and just makes one bad mistake after another i thought i thought he was you know really good and then also gus grissom uh colin hanks really comes on and, and you know I, I love how in the pilot episode he doesn't come on till the very end right. and then the second episode he really takes over you know being big in the plot he was so fantastic and i and i actually love at the end that you know he had been such you know almost a coward the right. whole show and he finally gets to do something you know heroic heroic right all right, uh, I tell you what, let's take a quick break. And then I, I think it's really hard to break down this show. Uh, I know, We're doing a whole season anyway. So let's just kind of do it character by character when we get back. So we'll take a quick break, and then we'll yeah. just kind of go character by character on this thing. All right, so like I said, we're going to do character by character. Who do you want to start with? Uh, I think you got to start with either Malvo or Nygaard. I think you got to start with Let's one of those. Let's go Lester Nygaard. Okay. Lester Nygaard is played by Martin Freeman. Uh, we talked about him earlier. And his is probably... I'm glad that we're starting with him because his arc is probably the most interesting yeah. throughout the entirety of the show because when you first meet him, you can tell that he's just this nice guy, but he just gets walked over by everybody yeah, in his life. Everybody. And you really feel sorry for him. Uh, you've got a lot of sympathy for him. But by the time the show is in, you are just ready to watch him fall yes. through that ice. <laughs> he becomes a confident prick. Yes. And just, uh, you know, a horrible human being. He, like... What he does to his his second wife. His second oh, wife is know. one of the worst things I've ever seen in a television yeah. show. I, yes. Like when I, I see him mention the, when they're pulling up to his insurance office and he says, you know, why don't you go? I was like, are you kidding me? Are you really doing this? And yeah. he does. He he sends him in with his coat on so to make sure that it, 
that Billy Bob Thornton's met Lord Malvo is, you know, mistakes him, makes mistakes her for him, mm-hmm. and just sends her in to get killed because he's not sure if he's going to get be the one to get killed when he walks in there. That was right. the most despicable act I've ever seen on that television show. It, it, it really was bad. It was horrific. And uh, I'm going to give a PSA. If you are thinking about committing a crime... Watch his performance of how not to act around the police. <laughs> yes, exactly. And how to act in general. You know, he does everything wrong you could possibly yeah. do. You know, only Molly is the one seeing it. And I love the, you know, that like everyone else is just ignoring it, especially Bill, right. you know, Bob Unkirk's character. But like you said, he is such an arc. Uh, he, he also plays, Martin Freeman plays it in such an awkward but he's still kind of obnoxious too. That you're yeah. like, God, get him off the screen! I right. can't stand it. But he's he's so good in this role. Uh, and like I said, you there were so many times I'm like screaming at this at the TV when Lauren Malvo's like, "Do you really want to go down this road?" And he says, "Yes." He says, "What yes. are you doing, man?" Yeah, when I, I'm thinking back to that ever because I watched that, I like had to rewind that scene a couple of times because I really I couldn't figure out. Does he know he's about to kill these people? Does he understand that? Like, because Lauren has up at this point just denied the fact that he's ever met him, that he knows him. And I don't know if he was completely aware that the people he was on the elevator with were about to die. Or if he, like, I think he just wanted to know what would happen if he says yes in this instance. And he he immediately pulls out the gun and shoots everybody. And he seems to be genuinely shocked when when Malvo does that. Uh, and also, it's it's because he's such a more confident yeah. and brave, right? And then he turns back into old, yeah, sniveling, you know, uh, yeah. I, I, I want to just avoid everything, yeah, it's, yeah. But what's great about this is the way that it starts off, because at least for his por- portion of this, he just happens to end up being going to the hospital at the same time as after as he Lauren, was horribly bullied, yeah, as, after Sam bullied. Yeah, and what's great though is the guy never lays a hand on him. It's just because the character, yeah. because Lester's character is so, you know, not he's so he lacks any confidence. He lacks any, uh, you know, just you know the ability to stick confidence. up for himself. Yeah. Uh, just by talking to this guy, he ends up running into his own wall as a result, and ends up having to go to the ER to have his nose looked at. But that's when he meets Malvo and. You know, Malvo is basically telling me, you know what, I will kill this dude. And not Lester is like, no, it's, no, like he just can't ever decide if he's being serious. And he never really answers him, but he yeah. says, yeah, to the nurse. And so Lauren takes it. All right. He said, yeah, so I'll go kill these people. And he just gets caught up in this thing. So, so do you think Lauren was going to, I know we're talking about fiction here, but right. to me, I think one of the reasons Sam Hess gets killed when he goes to meet him, he's like, this guy's horrible. He needs to die. I think that's what Melvo ends up killing him. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. It's like he just, I think he goes to meet uh, uh, Sam and he's just like, oh yeah, this guy is awful. This guy doesn't deserve yeah. it. Like everything I heard from Lester yeah. is correct. I, this guy, he needs to be taken off the face of the earth. Yeah. So he takes him off the face of the earth. Uh, that's just what he does. Uh, and what's, but with Lester, what's great about him is, when he ends up killing his wife because she is just nagging him to death. Awful. Awful. What a horrible wife. You, like I said, I was like, oh gosh, I hope he doesn't get caught for this. Because you feel sorry for him. You feel bad yeah, for yeah. him at the time. And you're like, I don't know how he's going to get out of this. I, I hope they find a way. 
But then by the time we get to the end, it has completely changed. You're like, okay, yeah. we got to we got to let him leave some type of trail yeah. of evidence yeah. or something like that. And Martin Freeman's great in this, and he just yeah. is nailing this part for oh him. and also setting up his brother who has been helping him oh yeah well the brother though is a bit of an a-hole i mean let's let's, is, let's be is. honest i yeah. mean that's that's another thing so like i said when he ends up doing that to his brother I, like i said i, I was all that disappointed because like i said his uh, brother his brother was an a-hole throughout the entire time uh his wife is kind of an a-hole too like when she thinks he's uh he was cheating on on her with uh, Lester's wife, she's like, you don't cheat on Miss County, whatever. I know. I, yeah, that was hilarious. Like, I thought they were about to hook up, but I had I did say for a second that. about that. Yeah, I, th- I thought they were going to hook up for a second there. They did not, but I thought they were. Yeah. So, uh, shall we talk about Lauren Malvo then? Let's do it. All right. So, Lord Malvo played by Billy Bob Thornton. When we did our Patreon, select our Patreon uh, recording last week on our top ten TV villains of all time. He was my number 10. He might could have gone higher, but it's very much a recency bias thing, so I didn't put him any higher. He is one of the most yeah. despicable, one of the most just purely evil characters you will ever see, uh, most intimidating. Right. He is just that level. One of the things I think is great for him, and I don't, maybe I just don't remember it real well because I did watch all these in a very short time period, one of the things I said about when we were when we covered Twisted Metal and we talked about Sweet Tooth, I said I don't want the backstory that they're giving us on Sweet yeah. Tooth. We don't really get that with him. Uh, no, we ne- we never did. And there's always been rumored that they were going to go back to this character for a prequel. Oh, really? One of the seasons was going to be about his backstory. Okay. You know, it's been a rumor, but right. it's, you know, and they may do that eventually. But for the yeah. for this this season of, sh- of the television show. I like the fact that we don't get that. Mm-hmm. We just get he right, is right, this right. evil, awful person, uh, completely so confident in his ability to do what he does, to get away with what he does, that he will just kill someone, drag someone off in broad daylight. I mean, that first person yeah. that he ends up like the the person that ends up dying, he doesn't technically kill him, yeah. uh, because he wanders out of the the trunk of the car and ends up. Uh, freezing to death but he just drags that guy out of the office i mean right. his picture is on uh, a camera i mean he, he has no concern for it because he knows he's dealing with small time cops and he can yeah. just kind of talk his way out of it and right. he absolutely does yeah he does i mean he talks out the duluth cops also he is i had forgotten and this is in episode seven when he kills all the Fargo mobsters, right. one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen. So shout out to whoever directed that and Noah Hawley. Because like, you just see the building and you just see all the killing going right. on, but you mm-hmm. don't you, know, you need to hear it. And then you hear Key and Peele right. talking. But it's just <laughs> such a graphic and like cool looking scene. You see blood every once right, in a while. But also, he just has no like facial... Like when he's killing, he he, you know... Doesn't look doesn't like look angry. No, he just has like a blank. He has one of the worst haircuts I've ever seen, Mm -hmm. which I think is a Easter like a ode to uh, the Coen Brothers movie uh, No Country for Old Men. Mm -hmm. And Todd Sugar has you know a really bad haircut. haircut, I think that's I think that's what they're doing there. But also like like you said, he's got he's just a sociopath. He's so psychotic. He listens to the recordings of the people he set up and killed. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. Who does that? I know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a a vicious, horrible person. Like I said, he's just he is he cold. Kills, kills, 
it kills poor Stephen Root, who yeah. I so I'd forgotten was in this. So, yeah, he is. And I was like, there's no way Stephen Root and and Billy Bob aren't friends in real life. They oh, have yeah. to have. Well, they both work with the Coens a good bit, so they have to know each other. Oh, I'm sure family. they do. But yeah, you're you're correct about that. I, he is just so cold and ruthless. I mean. And like I said, that first thing that he has with, with with Colin Hanks is Gus at the very beginning, in which he just terrifies a cop into not taking him in. It, it's just one of the one of the best scenes and, on and television. One of, one of the best scenes in this. It, it's a small scene, and you may not even fully remember. It's when he's talking to Lou in the diner. In the diner, and Lou and Lou talks about pretty much what happens in season two of this show. Yeah, he does. But mm-hmm. like the way and. Uh, Oh God! What is his name? Uh, Lou's character. Uh, it's one of the Caradines. Keith. Keith Caradine. Yeah. Fantastic performance. Oh by yeah. Him. Mm-hmm. Oh, he is so good. But like, just the way he's telling the story, and then like the way Lauren is reacting. Right. What a just an incredible. One of my favorites of the of this whole series, because like it's like Lou is you know talking about how horrific this was, and just right. like you could tell it's still affecting him. And Malvo just has no concern. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah, it's another day. Well, one of the things I like about that scene is you can tell that that Lou, who is played by Keith Carradine, you can tell that Lou. It, there's something off about Lauren to Lou. He, yeah, he, you, he, he gets it immediately. Yeah, he gets it immediately. This is his old cop background coming back into play. He, he's he's picking up something on this guy. And he later says this as well. He says, yeah. I just didn't get a good feeling about this guy. There's something about him that just didn't, yeah. you know, just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And so he's telling that story and, you know, I didn't realize that was going to kind of be the, the, the premise for, for uh, the second season. Uh, yeah. But he's telling the story and you're just kind of, you're captivated by it. And, and so, like you said, Lauren is just like, you know, that's just a normal day for me. That's just kind right. of what he's thinking. So, yeah. uh, and, and if you have watched this before, like every time Lou comes on, like in that scene and mm-hmm. he mentions something from the 79 case, I'm just like, Oh yes, I'm going to watch season two soon. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's one of the great things I didn't realize, you know, what yeah. the road they were going down for season two, but it's basically, yeah. you know, his origin story as, right. uh, for everything that happened in 1979. And, and then, yeah. Let's go back to Malvo. He figures out dentistry. Yes, he does. I mean, he studies it and he figures it out and he's obviously a pretty good one. So, and, I mean, and I love the aces, because you see that gif a lot of him saying aces. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And you probably had no idea where that was from. I had no idea where it was from. You're correct. <laughs> I had no clue. So uh, that's that's great to be able to put it, uh, yeah. to put the context with it. So, uh, all right, let's talk about, let's go ahead and talk about Molly and Gus. Let's start with Molly. Molly, oh, we've talked about her a little bit. Allison Tolman, she is wonderful in this role. She, yeah. like I said, she is this over-eager detective for the most part is i mean i guess they're really just kind of all yeah. cops in this thing but i mean they kind of have to do they can't just be just a beat cop they can't just be a detective in a small police department like this so uh but she's investigating this she is the only one who is ever on to the fact that lester nygaard ended up killing his wife to begin with she's the only one that has any clue that this actually happened uh she's also the only one that has any clue that he might somehow be involved with the death of uh 
the chief or the captain, Vern Thurman. Yeah. Uh, she's the only one that has any inkling into all this. She doesn't know how it's played out, and, but she can't get anybody to listen to her. Nobody takes her seriously. Uh, this could be, you know, just a, it's a woman in the workplace thing that could be yeah. doing that. It could just be, you know, that they just don't respect she's, her. She's a little bit younger, too. Yeah, she's younger, too, and that helps. Uh huh. But she's great, and she just won't let it go. No matter how yeah. many times she's told to, she just never lets it go. And I love, like, when she has the whiteboard and she's like, I know this is going to sound crazy. And every time she's right, right, she is completely right. And just the way, like you said, how eagerness, she seems so smart. Allison Tolman, again, you it's just one of the best performances. Just what a breakout, right. you know, for her in this role. And really had not been acting like was more in comedy. Yeah, uh, which is just surprising because she's she's a, a second city person. Obviously, but like yeah, and like which you can see she's pretty funny as well uh, in this. But like the way she plays it, she is such a hero. Like anybody, it, it's such a way to copy this type of hero role because the the eager cop can sometimes be obnoxious. She is not at all. Right. You are rooting for her every second. Oh yeah, and well, like I said, but what's interesting though is. That, when this thing starts and when she's going after Lester, there's this weird comp there's this weird thing you have going going on inside you because at first, yeah, you want her to succeed because you like her and and, and you're pulling for her. But the problem is you feel really bad for for Lester at the same time. So there's a lot of conflict that you've got at least that I I personally had internally. Yeah, see, I don't remember the first time I watched it how I felt about Lester because it's been almost right. ten years. When I watched it again, I knew Lester was guilty. Right. So you, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I knew I loved Molly. Yeah. And, but like I said, so when you're first watching this, you don't realize mm-hmm. you don't realize what Lester is going to become. So like I said, there's at least like I said, for me personally, there was yeah. a lot of inner conflict because of like I want I don't want Lester going away for this because I think he just kind of got caught up in this. This wasn't really what he was looking for. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I don't think he really truly intended to kill his wife. He just acted out in the, in a fit of rage. So, uh, he's he's not a bad guy. He's just in a bad spot. But like I said, then, but you also, I was like, you know, she's really good at her job. I like her. Uh, but I don't want her to catch him because, like I said, this means that he's got to go to jail and that he's going to end up, something bad is going to end up happening to him. So I was like, there was a lot of conflict going on in, uh, for, for those two characters. But by the time we get to the end, obviously, I'm like, okay, please catch this guy. Please come up yeah, with some yeah. kind of a plan where you catch this guy. And obviously it all works out. Uh, she ends up being corrected. People finally start to listen to her as we get towards the end of this thing. Um, and it's, it, it's just a, a great arc for her. Now, her arc goes hand-in-hand hand with Colin Hanks' arc, uh, Gus Grimley. Uh, if you don't know who Colin Hanks is, he is the son of Tom Hanks. So, obviously, you know, a little bit of Nepo Baby stuff going on here. But, nevertheless, Colin Hanks, even though he has not had the career of his father, he's he will never have the career of his father. He's had a very good career. Yeah, he's had a good career. And, and he is a very good director. If you've ever watched some of the documentaries he's done, I, very I, good. I wasn't aware he did any uh, directing, yeah. so I, I was completely unaware of that. So He's actually working on a documentary about John Candy right now. Okay, that's cool. Uh, that would be fun because. Uh, well, his dad was very good friends with. Yeah, I said they were they were really good friends. So. Moves, and his dad, his stepmother, he, John Candy knew Colin Hanks' mother and the stepmother. So okay. it's like he's a very interesting part of my young life. Okay, cool. I, I didn't even know all that. So, 
but Colin Hanks is Gus Grimley, and like I said, our first introduction to him is look, he's he's probably a bad cop. Who I mean, yeah. let's just he be never honest. wanted to be a cop. Yeah, never wanted to be a cop. He, he's wanted, not, to be, he wanted to be a mailman. Yeah, he wanted to be a mailman. He was never really good at being a cop. This isn't what he he dreamed of. Uh, and he he's the first person in the Duluth uh, Police Department that comes across Lauren Malvo because he pulls him over when Lauren is speeding through uh, speeding through the town of Duluth, and he ends up pulling him over. But he gets so scared by Lauren because he knows that he was talking to his daughter. And he's like, "I'll just if you let me go," he said, I, "I'll never come back. I'll never do a thing to your daughter," uh, and just terrifies him. Absolutely terrifies yeah. him. And shout out his daughter. Played by Joey King, yes. who's now a big star of her own. Yeah, what else has she Netflix? been in? Well, she's in a very good uh, uh, limited series, which again, this starts those, called The Act, where it's uh, it's her and Patricia Arquette, and Patricia Arquette, what's it called, where you're making your kid, uh, they're not really sick, but uh, you're... Uh, Munchausen. Munchausen, yeah. it's about that. She's okay. the daughter. It is really good. She's in the Kissing Booth show. She's in a bunch of Netflix okay, gotcha. uh, movies, but like she's starting to really break out. She's in something else, but like uh, really, I mean, like having a huge career of her own, right? And so, like I said, this is kind of one of the first things that she shows up in. So she's yeah. the daughter, uh, and the father is Gus. And like I said, he honestly probably doesn't come back to this case, but he ends up meeting in the process as they're both kind of investigating this. Uh, he ends up meeting Molly. He becomes smitten with Molly. Uh, this is, and this is honestly the driving force for him for investigating this. I don't know that he really truly cared to investigate it too much, but he just wanted to get closer to Molly, and the only way that he has a chance to do that is to investigate this case and that's the reason why he keeps on doing so uh and lauren makes him look pathetic at one point even though yeah. he was correct on all accounts i mean yeah. lauren even goes to the point of telling him he says you're going to make a mistake and and colin and gus says what what, what do you mean what are you what are you talking about that's what you're going to say in a few hours you're making a mistake. And sure enough, after the fact that Lauren has made them think that he is this preacher uh, from another town and that this this is just completely mistaken identity, Gus goes to them and says, you're making a mistake. And that's when Lauren looks at him and that's when he looks at Lauren and like realizes, yeah, he made me do it. He did exactly yeah. what he said he was going to do. Uh, and you know, that basically at that point, his his police career is over. Uh, he does. Uh, he's still yeah. on the force for a little bit. But when did they jump ahead a year? Was it episode six, it seven, was, eight? Well, he ends up. He it was it was after that because remember right. he ends up shooting Mo him and Molly. Yeah, team that's up right. After yeah, that. they team up after and that. And he ends up accidentally shooting Molly. Also, Joey King is one of the villains in uh, Bullet Train that's trying to kill Brad Pitt. Okay, I haven't seen Bullet Train so. Oh, it's really good. I think it's still on Netflix. But like, uh, so Gus really teams up with Molly, and yeah. they start mm -hmm. working together. And then, yeah, then after, uh, I guess Malvo leaves uh, Minnesota, right? And then, and then it jumps a year. Yeah, and then it jumps a year. So that's that's when he ends up going to Las Vegas and all that type of stuff. The scene, the scene that you're talking about though, with when he actually ends up shooting Molly, that's a great scene. It's using that the is snow a great scene. in yes. Minnesota just really well. Just as look, we don't really get this that very often down here in in no. Alabama, Mississippi. Uh, but it's snowing so thick and so heavy that you can't see. There have been a few times I have seen snow like this in in uh, yeah here in Mississippi. It's rare, but it, it has happened right. on occasion. 
when it's snowing so hard that you just can't see anything. And the snow that they had was far, far worse than anything that we've ever had here. So, uh, but and shout out to Russell Harvard and Adam Goldberg as the hitman from yes. Fargo. Yeah, they're great. They were really good. They were really, really good. So I really enjoyed their performances. Um, but yeah, like I said, Gus ends up, you know, shooting her by accident. That's and that's another reason. You know, he starts sending her flowers and all this type of stuff to try to apologize. Uh, but it eventually jumps ahead a year, and at this point, were they officially married? At this point, they were married. Okay. Yeah, because they had and they had uh, because she was pregnant. They had a baby yeah. on the way. They had yeah, a baby on the way. He's a mailman. And yeah, and he's given up police policing, and he's now a mailman. Uh, so he's he's in he's doing what he loves. He's doing what he always wanted to do. Uh, but he's you know he's kind of relocated his family. He and his daughter have moved up to I guess up to uh, uh, to where that where she is. I don't really know the geography of uh, all of this. To be perfectly honest yeah, with no, you. No. Well, it better look like they were the you know next town over, but a little bit. They were in is it. Bemidja? Yeah, Bemidja. Bemidji. Yeah, yeah. Bemidji is what yeah, that, it's called. That's that's where uh, uh, Molly lived. And that's where Molly lived. That's where she was uh, on the police yeah, force. He was in the police. But they they end up having a life together, and like I said, there it, it's great that his arc ends with him being the one who ends up putting the yeah. death blow on Lauren Mal. Look, one of the things I thought that was great is the fact that basically. And we didn't talk about this with Lauren Lester. They end up having mutually self-destruct for each other. I mean, the, uh, right, the, right. They end yeah. up basically just kind of killing each other, not directly, obviously. Uh, Lester, you know, puts that bear trap out and tricks. Finally, mm. kind of outsmarts Lauren for the first time. He yeah. outsmarts him, puts that bear trap out, and that's where Lauren just completely has his leg just ripped apart. Uh, and I feel like a bear trap may have been in the Fargo movie. I'm, I mean, I'm, for some reason, that feels familiar okay it may have been the case uh but like i said then you know at this point you know once they find lauren and they uh and gus kills him they find his recordings of the night from the previous year where he tells lester he wants him to come over because he ended up killing his wife and he didn't know what to do uh so like i said all that kind of plays out and like i said that part of it i thought was really great because i didn't know how yeah. they were going to like i felt really confident lauren was going to die i didn't know yeah. what was going to happen to lester if he was going to be killed uh but when he goes on the run obviously he falls through, through the ice but i thought it was great that gus gets his moment because he was terrified him at the beginning of this thing and at the end he's standing confidently in front of him and shoots him down yeah. Obviously, I love love that scene yeah. because you know uh, Lauren sees the wolf, right? And then you realize, yeah, that was another Gus thing. Gus has been there the whole time, right? The wolf story that he said at the very beginning of this thing, or pretty close to the beginning of it, yeah. you know, he that just kind of like comes right back to haunt him at, at, yeah. as we get this because uh, he said something about the Roman Empire, the greatest empire of all time, taken down by wolves, uh, and now he's like the greatest hitman of all time, and now he's yeah. getting taken down by a wolf that he never ever saw. So, great stuff. Uh, we talked a little bit about Bob Odenkirk, but where is Bob Odenkirk in, in, at this point in 2014? Now, he's obviously not the star that he is now. No, no, no. He was. This would have been after Breaking Bad, but before Better Call Saul. Okay. I wasn't really sure this, where on the timeline. This had to be a huge role for him. Yeah, I would think so. But he's just an absolutely screw-up cop. I mean, he's the guy yeah, who's now yeah. in charge after Thurman has been killed. and Burn. Yeah, well, Vern Thurman, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, but he after he's been killed, he's the guy in charge, and he just won't listen to Molly. Uh, he yeah. or he just won't listen to her. For whatever reason, he just chooses not to listen to her. And it, it, it prolongs this entire thing for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's 
just he does a great job at this as this as a screw up i haven't seen a ton of bob odenkirk stuff just because i didn't watch uh, breaking bad i haven't watched better call Saul. uh but what i have seen in him this type of a character he plays really really well yeah yeah he is good at playing a jerky type character he really is uh i loved his performance uh i want to talk about key and peel because yeah this is they don't really team up anymore they were at one time i was gonna say this might be peels one of his last acting which <laughs> it made me miss his acting because he is such a good now granted he is an incredible phenomenal director, director right Let, <laughs> i understand his reasoning but i miss his acting because he is a very good actor yeah when they bring when they come on this i mean there are funny funny moments in the show because it's a it's very much of a dark dark comedy uh yeah and there are funny moments. There are times when I was laughing, but when they come onto the scene, they're in. Was it episode seven that they showed up? Yeah, I think it's seven. Uh, when they show up, like you know, it's going to be funny because this they're they're known yeah. for their comedy. And like I said, they don't right. uh, they don't team up anymore. They were a legendary comedic duo uh, yes. who did some yeah. some of the best sketch work that you will ever see, oh, ever ever. I mean, look, as a teacher, the substitute teacher that, oh that he God. does, that I watch that all the time. It sings to my heart and my soul. Uh, like I said, I they have, have a phenomenal sketch about two guys that uh, are really definitely afraid of their wife, but it won't act like right. it. It's, well, it's on their first episode, and it is so funny. Yeah, it, he still does voice work, but this is one of his last roles. Yeah, so like I said, uh, getting these two together, like I said, I hadn't seen them together in a long time, so it was great to see them together again. Obviously, you know, this is in the past, so it was, ten, it was nine years ago when they filmed this, but... Um, uh, like I said, it gets really funny. Like I said, the, we're introduced to them because as complete screw up FBI agents, because as Lauren Malvo is going through and killing the entire uh, Fargo mob, uh, they're just while, while they're in the car chatting. <laughs> while they're in the car chatting, uh, all this goes on, and then when they realize what's going on and how they big they screwed up, they're like, "Oh crap, we're we're in serious trouble." But uh, like I said, I loved their role. I loved having them yeah. on this show. It was fantastic. And they're the first person to see. Molly's brilliant. Yeah, they're the ones who actually make finally get somebody to pay attention to Molly, and yeah. th that's when this thing kind of starts to all wrap up. Is when they notice that yeah, Molly's right. That's when right. Uh, Bob Odenkirk's character is like, oh, maybe I should have been listening to this woman all along. Yeah. And the, uh, good, I will say this about his character about um, about Bill Oswald. Yeah. He at some point does recognize this, and he's like, he does. You need to be the chief. You need to be the one in charge. And he's like. I, I've I've screwed up too much, and he eventually does recognize. So, like I said, there is there is some redeeming arc for him, uh, but it just yeah. took a long, long time for them to yeah. get to this point. Uh, but I loved adding those two to this to this cast. It was absolutely yeah. fantastic. Uh, some other just kind of side characters you mentioned her earlier. Uh, that is Kate Walsh. She plays Gina Hess as. <laughs> Oh my god! Just like a slutty, like I just yeah. want money from my dead husband. Yeah. I just want the the. Uh, I just want. I the, hate my sons. I hate my sons. I hate my husband. <laughs> I just want to get the insurance money. And this is the moment when you start to see the change in Lester because mm -hmm. he completely takes advantage of the fact that she is trying to do her best. She is basically offered, I will sleep with you if you will grease the wheel so I can get my money right. sooner. And this is the moment that he takes advantage of that. He says, you know, I can I can do whatever I need to do. If you can do whatever you are willing to do, kind of, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod kind of thing. And, you know, 
they end up having they end up sleeping together and when she finds out that she's not going to get paid she goes back to his his office and just starts to ream him out and that's when uh, he stands up for himself for the first time and his future wife that he viciously throws under the bus to get killed that's when she first notices him like i said there's a lot of great stuff that just ties together yes yeah, yeah. she is uh, kate walsh is very funny in this oh yeah she's she's hilarious in it she's absolutely hilarious yeah. in it so uh yeah. loved her um kind we kind of talked about Glenn Howerton as Don Chump was yeah. very funny. He was involved in the Stavros uh, yeah. extortion scheme where it was a dead giveaway that he was the one doing it because he had spilt his makeup all over it. Right. So he is uh, quite involved with Malvo when Malvo takes over the extortion. But right. I thought he was very funny, and he actually has a horrific death. Yes, he does. Because he's tied up. He's basically duct taped to that chair, and they've got a gun in there. And when they come, when the police come running in, they can't see real well because it's dark, yeah. and they just gun him down. I mean, uh, yeah. I wish they would have like shown like some of the fallout from that because like when the bullet stopped flying and you realize this guy is taped to a chair and it wasn't him, right. like there should have been something to come about because of that. That's the only thing. That's one of the few things I will say. Yeah. I've got like a little. If I have any complaints, that's one of the nits I'm going to pick. Is there was no. Yeah. There was no resolution to uh, what happened to all the police who were involved with that. So, but um, yeah, like I said, I don't have a whole lot of this to pick with this thing. So um, I guess that kind of talks about everybody on this thing. Uh, well, uh, we could go back to the henchmen. Oh, yeah. The henchmen, they were great because they are in this thing for six or seven episodes. And they're they're yeah. fantastic. Uh, one can't talk. Um, yep. And who played them? I forgot who played them. Um, Adam Goldberg. That's right. And... Uh, and uh, Russell Harvard. Yeah. Uh, and Russell Harvard, you will see again in Fargo. Oh, really? Okay. Because I haven't, I apparently haven't seen him yet, uh, but at least for the part yeah. I made it through. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's they're they're good in this. A uh, little bit, you know, a little bit smaller roles, but they're still really really good in in what they're doing in this. So. Uh, good stuff all around. Like I said, it's just yeah, a phenomenal man, show is. to watch. Uh, love talking about this first season can't wait to talk about the second season because the second season and we'll talk about this when we get to it but just real quick you know i, I think the story is crazier than this one uh yeah. I, I really think i don't know that i don't know that it has a lauren mallow type character in the second season black said we'll talk more about that when we get to the second season yeah so. I, yeah i remember loving yeah oh, the it's, second it's fantastic. season. yeah 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 so i do think Season three goes down just a little bit, mm -hmm. and uh, season four just didn't have what the first two seasons had. Right. So I'm interested to see what they do with five because it has a good cast. Got John Ham. Oh, Joe Keery is John yeah, Hamm's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm interested to see, but uh, yeah, I, this it really, especially when you look at this, was nine years ago, and this is one of the things that really changed TV. Mm. When you talk about limited series, think about all the limited series we've had since then. That doesn't happen if this isn't a success. Yeah, I mean, this has a huge moment. So thank you, Noah Hawley. Thank you, Billy Bob Thornton, because he's the first one who signs on because they they wanted to get somebody who had been with the Coen Brothers, right. who people would like. They wanted a big right. star, and they nailed. Yeah, and look. Noah Hawley is uh, one of the creators of this. Another, and after the first episode, like I love the first episode. I was like, 
what about this that I love so much? Noah Hawley does this. I know you don't like Legion. I love Legion. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but I thought no, Legion got a little bit much, but yeah. Yeah, like I said, I loved all the way through. But the other reason I loved it is because another person who's a part of the writing and who's part of the creating process of this is Matt Shackman. If you don't know who Matt Shackman yeah. is, he did WandaVision. And he's going to be doing one of the Marvel... He's Fantastic Four, yeah. isn't he? I think he's doing Fantastic Four. I think you're correct about that. So and he was also uh, on. He was an It's Always Sunny uh, director as oh, well. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he has comedic chops as well. So, like I said, they're great in this. They're fantastic, and it's uh, the, it's just like I said. I, once I saw their names pop up on the on the credits after the first episode, I was like, oh, I understand why I like this so much because they're yeah. involved in it. So, all right, shall we do our awards? Yeah, man, let's do it. Here on the Main Attraction Podcast, whenever we wrap up a season of a television show, we like to give out six awards, all based on the six characters of Friends. Up first is the Rachel, the star of the show. Who are you giving your Rachel to for this show? So and this, I'm is, going, this is hard because you can this give this to a lot hard. of people. Yeah, this was very hard. I'm going Coe's of Billy Bob Thornton and Allison Tolman. Okay, I can see that. This is where I went with Martin Freeman as Lester. Uh, simply because th- everything revolves around him for the mm-hmm. most part. So that's the reason why I ended up I going with him. I went back and forth between L- Lauren and Lester. But yeah. I decided to get- I-, I think because Billy Bob makes this happen. Yeah. He's the reason the show happens. I guess is why I picked him. Yeah, like I said, th- there's a lot of ways you could go. Like I said, going mm-hmm. Molly, going Gus, I could make you could yeah. make a case yeah. for yeah. Oh, any absolutely. of those four you could make a case for. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh and they're all great in it. So uh your Joey, who is your Joey in this? I went with Colin Hanks, Gus, and I went with Joey King as the daughter. Okay. This is where I went with Allison Tolman and Colin Hanks. I just their characters are so yeah. tied together. They, I, I get it. Yeah, so I went ahead and put them together here. Uh, the, you just enjoy their performance. You like those characters a lot, uh, and you're rooting yeah. for them pretty much the entire time. So, uh, Chandler, the person who made you laugh the most, who was your Chandler? I went with the three people who I thought had the most comic replacement. Well, really, it's four people. I went with Glenn Howerton, Kate Walsh, and Key and Peele. Yeah, I went with Keegan Peel here as well. This is I didn't think about putting the other two in there, but this is where I went with uh, Keegan Michael Key as Agent Pepper and John Peel as Agent Budge. Uh, Phoebe, the oddball of the bunch. Who's your Phoebe? Oliver Platt's storyline is just bizarre, so I went with him. And then also, I'm going to add Bill here yeah. because you know he was he would not listen to Molly. Then he comes around the end, like you said. Yeah, I, I went with Bill uh, Bob Odenkirk as Bill. I didn't even think about doing uh, Oliver Platt here, but you're correct. His his storyline with the whole you know uh, the seven plagues that they're yeah. recreating for him basically at this point. That's the, yeah, that's a, that's a really good place to go for him as well. So, uh, your Monica, a character that's just kind of an important cog to the story. Who'd you go with for your Monica? I went with Keith Carradine as Lou here, and that's, especially since he's such a big part of the next season. Yeah, that's what I went with too, because they basically use his entire story to set up uh, what they're doing for the second season. So that's one of the, one reason why I went with him as well. All right, your Ross, your least favorite character, the character you hate the most. Who you going with? Sam Hess. Yeah, he's good. I went with Billy Bob Thornton because I didn't well, put him in there. And I added Lester here, too, because oh. Lester ended up being a horrific villain. Yeah, like I said, I, if I didn't put him as the Rachel, I probably could have put him here as well. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, he was he was awful, too. I mean, yeah. and it's like I said, it's so weird to be so sympathetic towards that character and then just hate him so much by the time that right, you get to the right. end of the show. So, 
All right, rating time here on the Main Attraction Podcast. Whenever we rate a television show or a movie, we have a five-tier rating system. At the top of our list is a succession. Beneath the succession is a lost. Middle of the road for us is a friends. Beneath the friends is full house. And bottom of the barrel for us is a Baywatch. What are you rating the first season of Fargo? When I watched it the first time as a succession, it was just as much a succession the second time. I loved every second of it. Thank you again, Nate, for recommending this. This has been a fun rewatch. I can't wait to watch two and three. Yeah, it's it's definitely a succession for me. It's the the first season is fantastic. The second season, I've seen the first eight episodes. I haven't finished it yet. Um, it's great too. Uh, we'll obviously talk about that next week. But uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. This is a show that I had been, been meaning to watch. Uh, it came out when I was right in the middle of being very much a dad with two very very young kids. Didn't have time to watch it, uh, and you know, it, didn't have Hulu to catch up on it up until Disney Plus came out. Uh, uh, so catching up on it was never really an option. Uh, so you know, Nate, you, you you suggesting it was the driving force for me watching this. So I'm glad that you did. I can't wait to watch, finish up season two. I know season three and season four are the ones that people say aren't quite as good, but I feel like they'll they'll probably still be pretty good. Uh, I guess. Yeah, you're gonna enjoy it. So uh, I can't wait to see what they do in season five. So we'll get to see. Uh, we yeah. do all that together. So. All right. Uh, before we head off, uh, we do want to do some. We did some recommendations in our Transformers episode this week, so we're going to do some things that we're looking forward to for this one. What are some things you're looking forward to? So uh, the film festivals are going on. Oh yeah, they are. And Tell and uh, Telluride yeah, and Telluride. the Toronto were just go- going on, and so I saw a couple of trailers that I'm really looking forward to, and it appears they're both coming out. I'm still kind of shocked. Uh, the first one is The Killer, starring Michael Fassman, yeah. a David Fincher, November the 10th, coming to theaters, and then it comes to Netflix, and it looks insane. I haven't seen the uh, trailer for it. I need to watch it. Uh, he is a contract killer uh, that uh, that's, uh, appears to be having some issues, and Fincher's involved. I'm in. Wow. <laughs> Fassbender, serial killer, Fincher, yes, please, November the 10th. I think I might have to go to the theater on this one. I know it's going to be on Netflix, too. Right. I'm thinking about going to the theater when this comes out. And I think I, I think uh, I might go see, uh, what's it called? Uh, the one with uh, Leo. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon? Killers of the Flower It's coming to the theater in a couple of weeks, too. I think yeah. I'll think that one's like three hours. Okay, I'll think about that. <laughs> but uh, that's The Killer, November 10th. Looking forward to that. The other one is... Jeff Nichols, who is a fantastic Southern director, uh-huh. uh, Mud is probably what he's most known for. If you've if you ever seen Mud with not, Matthew McConaughey, dude, I'm, I'm gonna look up what Mud's playing on. Uh, you need to watch that. The, it's called. He is directed the movie called The Bike Riders. I've heard about it this. It stars yeah. Austin Butler, Jodie Comer, and uh, Tom Hardy, and they're a biking group in the fifties uh, that or fifties and the sixties and like. Tom Hardy is the leader, and he wants Austin Butler to take over. And it's also supposed to be really great because there are some really crazy members of the bike group. Boyd Holbrook being one. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> and Michael Shannon, who Michael Shannon is in everything yeah. that Jeff Nichols is in. So that's his like go-to guy. Uh, it comes out December the 1st. The trailer looks really good. Tom Hardy's doing a weird voice, but, you know, that's kind of normal for him. Mud is on Max. You okay. need to watch this. It takes place in Arkansas. Okay. Uh, Anahe, uh Taylor uh, 
what's that kid's name? He's he's the kid from uh, Ready Player One. Ty uh, Sheridan. Yeah, Ty Sheridan, yeah. Uh, Reese Witherspoon, Michael Shannon, Sam Shepard. A lot of people we've seen and stuff. You need to watch Mud. It's on Max. Everyone, if you've never seen Mud, watch it. And then watch The Bike Riders on December 1st. All right. I have two recommendations. Actually, most of them came as a result of things I was scrolling through Twitter on. So, like, probably two hours before we... It's called X. (laughs) Well, yes, it's called X. I'm just kidding. Uh, You're correct. It's the the platform formerly known as Twitter. Uh, I was scrolling through it, and uh, like I said, about two hours before we even started recording... Uh, ESPN announced that on the October 1st London game that is between the Jaguars and maybe the Ravens, I think, is who's playing in it. Um, On Disney+, Plus, they are going to have an animated version of the game that takes place in Andy's room in Toy Story. Wow, this is interesting. I don't know how they're going to do this, but it's going to be the actual game, and they're going to be animating it as the game progresses. Like I said, I I, I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, They're going to have a halftime show with uh, Captain Kaboom, or whatever his name is, the character that Keanu Reeves played in the the last one. Uh, Okay. Like I said, it just looks interesting. I don't know if it's going to be... Why not, man? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's the London game. It's really early in the morning, so a lot of people don't end up watching it. That's probably the reason they're doing this, trying well, to get like some I people think, to I tune in. I think it's good, too, because I'll tell you, these simulcasts are doing a good job. Like, Pat McAfee did one last week mm-hmm. uh, uh, at the Alabama-Texas game. It was fantastic. He had Matthew McConaughey and Glenn Powell on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, the Manning cast that they do. Oh, that's like, great. Coming yeah. up with something else that's kind of fun because sports bros- broadcasting can get kind of boring. Yeah, you're right. You're not wrong with I that. I like so. it. Yeah. So, like I said, I- I'm just really fascinated by how that this is going to work when, when they do this. So, uh, it should be interesting to watch. And, look, we're sports fans. That's how we how Ryan and I end yeah. up meeting is through Mississippi State Sports. So, yeah. Uh, it's always fun to kind of work that back into the show. Yeah. My other thing I'm looking forward to is tomorrow. Ahsoka episode five comes out tomorrow. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah. There is a short trailer for it for tomorrow. Uh, it got me excited. Uh, they don't really, they don't really tell you what's going to take place. You know, I wasn't really sure if this is going to be just a flashback episode or something like that, but it appears that there's going to be a lot going on in this episode. So I, like I said, we've enjoyed Ahsoka. I got really excited after episode four. I know that was the case for you and you know them sending episode five to theaters uh Mm -hmm. and at least in select cities it's in theaters uh but all the hype is around episode five coming out of it i I, i'm really looking forward to it so it'll be fun to talk about uh next week when we record so other than that that's about all i have for this week anything else you want to share before we sign off i appreciate everyone joining us and we will talk to you next time I will echo those same sentiments, and as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.